everyone, and welcome to Farm Bureau on the Hill. I'm Amy Beckham, and joining me this week for our legislative update from our public policy division, Shelby Vinoy. And Shelby, the legislature is off and rolling, to say the least. So give us a little bit of insight about some of the hot things that happened in Nashville this week. Thanks, Amy. We are starting to see a lot more bills on calendar, committees are meeting, the House Finance Ways and Means is conducting their budget hearings, so it's becoming harder and harder to grab lawmakers in the hallway this time of year, and I feel like we're adjusting. We're getting used to how session is going to go this year, and last week was a really busy week with our legislative visits and our bell ringer, and kind of feels like we're back to business as usual, but that doesn't mean it's any less busy. I feel like we jumped right in there, but I feel like uh, in order to cover all the things that we need to cover, we kind of need to jump right in. So we talked about this a little bit last week because it was mentioned in the governor's budget, right? Yes. So give us a little update on the brownfields. Tell us again, I know you explained it last week, but give us, for those of us that don't know, tell us what brownfields are and why we even need to be interested and in, in kind of having our eyes on them this legislative session. Sure. So it is important to note what brownfields are. There are two things to note when talking about the Rural Brownfields Investment Act, and that's the difference in greenfields and brownfields. And that sounds like a pretty elementary differentiation, but it truly is that simple. So this bill... We're starting to see it now in both committees, in both the House and the Senate, and it's one of Governor Lee's priority issues for this year. And you're right, he mentioned that there is some allocated funding, a line item in his budget, so he's committed to this cause. But brownfields are overlooked, abandoned properties that have been impacted by real or perceived environmental contamination. Um, They might have contributed to blight, community decline, or infrastructure decay. And so what Senate Bill 271 and House Bill 319 does is it creates the Rural Brownfields Investment Act, which develops a state-administered brownfield grant program to direct funding for investigation, assessment, and remediation to local governments and other groups for turning those brownfields into usable spaces again. And why it's important to us and our members is it keeps that economic growth and development from happening on our crucial greenfield space. And I'll just mention, if you follow us on social media, you probably saw that we actually put out a statement regarding this act. Um, You might not see us do that very often, but I would say, and Shelby, correct me if I'm wrong, the reason we did that is because, as we all know, farmland loss is a concern across the state. We're third worst, I think that's how you say it, we're third worst in terms of how much farmland is being lost uh, to development. So, we believe that this is a step in that direction of ensuring that farmland loss doesn't get any worse and ensuring that we have, I guess, brownfields are away. You have the the land there and they just need a little help. Is that safe to say? Right. So essentially it's incentivizing brownfield cleanup in small rural communities. Uh, Previously, we've not really been involved in the brownfield discussion because it only applied to urban areas. But this piece of legislation removes that geographic barrier to use and expands the eligible qualified project cost to 
anywhere, but specifically those tier three and tier four enhancement counties. And if you're not familiar with the tier three and tier four map that ECD, the Economic and Community Development has released, it really focuses on more rural counties in Tennessee. So think West Tennessee, areas along the Cumberland Plateau, um, those rural counties that are often overlooked when it comes to these big projects. So it's an incentive grant that expands the Brownfield Franchise and Excise Tax Credit and includes both purchase and remediation costs. So that's another big change. Kind of sounds like a two birds with one stone kind of thing. We get to help our rural communities, which is obviously a priority of our organization, and also hopefully remediate some of the farmland loss concerns. Yeah, I think it's really important that we have a governor who not only is a farmer himself, but understands how vital Tennessee's rural communities are. And This not only increases tax revenue, but it expands the tax base. It preserves Tennessee's green spaces and agricultural land, increases property value, and it creates jobs, and it it reduces environmental health and safety risks. So I really think it's a win-win for all of us, both in rural Tennessee, but as well as those who are doing the work in Nashville to try to generate more jobs and, and bring industry here to Tennessee. And it's just in committees right now, right? Yes. So it's gone through the first steps in both the House and Senate committees. So our support could not have come at a better time. Um, Governor Lee has shared your Facebook post, Amy, so good job on that. Um, So we're moving through the committee process, but as we get closer and closer to both of those pieces of legislation being heard on the House floor, uh, be sure to stay tuned for more information. So speaking of the governor, um, obviously he presented his proposed budget last week at the State of the State, but then that means that this week you hear from the different departments on what some of their priorities are in the various committees. So you heard from the Department of Ag and TWRA as well. So give us uh, some insight onto those hearings. Sure. So we were joking with a senator this morning about how it feels like this week all of a sudden things have just taken off. And I think that's because we don't know what the governor's budget looks like until Monday night, but the lawmakers don't know what it looks like either until Monday night. So they can't start to discuss any of the budget hearings until this week. And so right out of the gate, the Department of Ag and TWRA presented to the House Finance Committee. And a lot of the things we saw from the Department of Agriculture were things that we heard about in our webinars, which took place last week. But that huge investment to the Tennessee Agriculture Enterprise Program and really investing in those local economies for that return on investment to those agriculture, food, and forestry businesses Um, adding those 16 full-time positions to the state vet's office. That's one of the big proposals for emergency preparedness and response. And Farm Bureau was happy to draft a letter with some of our livestock commodity groups to encourage both the House and Senate Finance Committees and the House and Senate Agriculture Committees just to let them know how dedicated we are to mitigating disease, navigating testing, and, and trying to recover from these diseases that we're seeing as quickly as possible and how crucial these positions are. Um, FFA camp was mentioned again and investing in Camp Clements for some operations and, and repairs. And then TWRA, this was actually Director Maxidon's first time before the House uh, Finance Committee since becoming director in June of last year. Um, so they really covered their three programs. So the hunting licensure program, boater safety, and then their wetlands acquisition fund. Um, so lots of questions from the group, but it, both budget hearings were extremely positive. Everyone was cheering about um, the record rural investment we've had from our state departments and agencies. And um, it really was extremely positive all around. Very good. All 
always, always great to hear uh, that people are cheering for agriculture, to say the least. So going into next week, what are some things that we can expect? And if there's any update on our priority issues, obviously, um, from week to week, we'll make sure to update you if things are happening. And if you don't hear about them, we promise we're not leaving you hanging. That's right. And we actually have our first small hurdle of one of our priority issues happening next week. Um, House Joint Resolution 81 is going to be heard in the Finance, Ways, and Means subcommittee in the House. And this is the constitutional amendment to prohibit a statewide property tax. So we're asking folks, and it's in the details of our legislative alert this week, that if if your lawmaker sits on the Finance, Ways, and Means subcommittee in the House, that you contact them and urge them to support this. As a reminder, this journey to having a constitutional amendment passed is a multi-year process. So this year, we're just looking to get both the House Joint Resolution and the Senate Joint Resolution to the floor to receive a simple majority vote. And then in the 114th General Assembly, we'll come back. Exact same language, exact same purpose, but we're going to be looking for a two-thirds majority vote. So you're, we're going to beat this drum for the next several years on trying to get this uh, constitutional amendment passed, but it does it meets its first hurdle um, next week in the finance subcommittee. Good to know. Well, thanks for that update on uh, other priority issues. And this is obviously, we hope you tuned in to our podcast last week, uh, where Shelby and I kind of discussed all of our priority issues, four of them, correct? So there are two pieces of legislation that we're pursuing, but there's a multitude of issues from budget items to several different vehicles for local government funding. So, but two big ones. Glad you corrected me there. Four maybe main topics per se. We say all that to say, go back and check out that episode of Farm Bureau on the Hill or in your legislative alert. And we outline all of the the priority issues for the organization this year. So how can folks, other than listening to that podcast, obviously, but how can folks know when some of our other priority issues are are being discussed and if they need action on them? Sure. So there are a few different ways you can do that. Um, One would be obviously subscribe to our legislative alert. And you can do that by contacting your county Farm Bureau, or um, if you are a lawmaker and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, hello. Um, Second of all, if you'd like to receive updates from us, um, we would be happy to add you to that list so you can follow what we're doing. And the third way, so the House of Representatives unveiled a new dashboard this year. So it's one step towards constituent transparency, so to speak. It's a free account and you can create it and you can see the same calendar that lies ahead for the week that Kevin and I were or the folks that are or the lobbyists or lawmakers that they would look at. And you can view amendments, fiscal notes on bills. Um, so if there's anything that's being discussed in Nashville that interests you and it's in committee for the week, it's a great way to stay connected and and not have to follow so many different news sources. You know, you can log into your dashboard account. You can customize things to you and view the calendar for the week. But obviously, we would prefer that you just subscribe to our legislative alert and keep listening to the podcast uh, to stay up to date on all the stuff. Cool. Well, that's a neat resource, uh, even still. And hopefully y'all will check that out. And as always, we appreciate y'all tuning in to this week's legislative alert. Uh, Obviously a lot going on in Nashville. And so we hope that you will tune in every week and uh, we'll continue to provide updates on all the things happening in Nashville and beyond. So Shelby, thanks for joining us. Thanks for a great update as always. And we appreciate y'all listening. Hope you have a great weekend and a great next week.